Well, folks, I got to up my game today because we've got a, a, a legitimate radio personality here. Our, our guest today is a DJ. You hear him every Sunday night on Spy FM in Oklahoma City. His show is Tumbleweeds All the Way Down. He's also a visual artist and rabble rouser and who knows what else he's up to. Uh, welcome to the Wheel of Randy, Jack Fowler. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I tell you, you, your voice is what I aspire to. I, I tried, <laughs> tried to get that, tried to get that range. But just, just listening to you is uh, is always fun, folks. If, if if you're if you're ever you know near your radio on a Sunday night, Tumbleweeds all the way down is is a fantastic show. How would you describe the format of that show to someone who's never heard it before? Well, it's supposed to be. It started out as american roots music and it's basically just evolved into whatever i've been listening to that week it's like making a mixtape to send out into the void every sunday uh it doesn't really have a format anymore uh, i can play literally anything i want and my boss never corrected me so um yeah and guys when, when when he says anything he wants you know he, he's not kidding it, it, not unusual to go from Nina Simone to Lyle Levitt to the uh, Barney Miller theme back to back when, when it comes to Jack show. I think I've actually done those three. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, I that's probably the way I know you best, but I know that that you've been been doing a lot of visual art lately. I've seen uh, an exhibit of yours at the Tower Theater here in Oklahoma City. Um. T t tell me what some of, some of your visual art projects are these days. Uh, right now I'm all over the place. I'm, I'm finishing a mural uh, down at River Sports, um, down in the Boathouse District. And I'm working on that at night. So during the day this week, I've been painting a pair of Air Jordans for a lady. Um, I had a show right in the middle of the Edmund that we had to do virtually. Um, usually when I'm not doing a project like a mural or a commission, um, I'm in my studio just painting on canvas. Uh, I call it Western pop art, sort of. Um, but mo like most artists, I, I sort of do whatever I can get, you know. Um, so, yeah, Nikes and murals, and that, that's what I've been doing lately. Very good. Uh, Jack was in the news a couple of years ago for uh, some, some Woody Guthrie shenanigans. Why don't you tell, tell our audience about that whole drama? My buddy, Steven Tyler, uh, who manages the Tower Theater, he called me and they had put this giant tarp over the face of the state capitol building. And he said, man, that, that looks like a big canvas. Like they're just asking for it, man. And we should project something. If you want to draw something, I'll help you go down and project it. So I drew um, a Woody Guthrie um, line drawing, holding his guitar, and wrote, uh, instead of this machine kills fascists, it said, excuse me, it said, um, how did it come to this? And we went and got it to work, and it just lasted one night. Um, and then the response, of course, from the Capitol was, um, 
overblown and stupid. So it turned into a really big. I seem um, to remember they accused you of, of trying to blind their workers. Their it was it was really silly. Safety. Yeah, and the thing is, we couldn't make it work at first because it was too uh, light outside because they had these giant floodlights pointed at that tarp. Well, I, I snuck behind the fence and they had a whole bunch of debris, like scrap wood and, and, and uh, drywall and stuff piled up. So I got all that stuff and piled it in front of those lights to block out the lights so that our projection would work. And I came back maybe, I don't know, it was three or four days later and all that crap was still piled up in front of their floodlights. They hadn't even noticed it. Um, so you improved worker safety as well. I, I did. They, they owed me a debt of gratitude, those, those poor light blind workers in there. Um, but yeah, it was a, kind of a one night deal. I went back the next night and the cops were waiting for me. Um, that, hey, that is a weird sensation when a cop gets out of the car and calls you by name. That, that was Ooh. weird. Good evening, Mr. Fowler. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, that's, that, that didn't feel very good. But that, they put an end to it, and uh, so it goes. Do you think the attitude towards that kind of public art is changing? I know just on the news I noticed that, that Oklahoma City now has a Black Lives Matter uh, roadway painting, which... Uh, if Oklahoma City has done it, then then, then the moment is probably past. But the the whole, the whole idea of subversive public art is that something that people are warming up to? Uh, no, uh, I think I think that Black Lives Matter isn't subversive anymore. I think that's the progress we've achieved. Um, and that it's gone corporate? No, no, I didn't mean that. Oh. I just it's accepted finally enough that that wasn't something that they're going to, you know, release a statement about and put the cops on. And, uh, you know, I'm not equating what I did with that, the black lives matter art, but I do think that for whatever reason, this domino enough dominoes have fallen. And this time that is something that the momentum has pushed that over and it's not a subvert. I don't think they could have done it five years ago. I'll put it that way. I just oh, I agree. The state wasn't ready. And, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it. It only took three months in this country of not having ball games and movies and late parties for us to stage the most significant social upheaval of my whole life <laughs> three months so it's like i kind of wish the quarantine would last five years if this is what we're going to do with our energy you know i really think maybe those two things were linked but for whatever reason oklahoma seems ready for that stuff now and I'm, I'm i'm here for it man i love it now you know yeah subversive is something Frankly, what I did wasn't very subversive either. Like, I no, didn't. It, it's, a, it's a state icon. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a pretty um, 
you could have applied that message pretty broadly, depending, but they just knew it was me talking crap on them inside that building, which I was. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, uh, no, I don't, I don't think if somebody went down to the Capitol and tried mm -hmm. to do something else, I think they'd respond the same way. It's just a different crop of the same dudes, you know. Mm -hmm. I hate to hate to say it, but I, yeah, I think it's it reacts the same way. It seems like attitudes in the in the city are changing, but most of my clients are are, are rural communities, and it, uh, they're they're not real responsive to to the Black Lives Matter movement. They're not. I'm from yeah. the country. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I, I was about to say, you know, from your voice, you're obviously not from around here. So, but what 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 is your your background? I grew up in eastern Oklahoma, uh, Seminole County. Um, most of my mother's side of the family still lives in Hughes County. Um, okay. Ranching that's, that's Holdenville, that area. Is that right? Uh, Oldenville's where a lot of my people were from and, and east and south of there with Tumka and Dustin. Um, a lot of ranching communities and, uh, you know, Friday night football and it was just a, a little Oklahoma town. And, and I've noticed during the quarantine period, um, you know, a lot of my family from Facebook anyway, they seem to think that's made up. Um, they kind of are, they kind of mock it. Um, I don't think I need to ask what their opinions are uh, about Black Lives Matter because I, I think I know. Um, it's just a very, and, and I want to be careful with how I phrase this because this is where I'm from and these are my people. And right. uh, some of my best friends still live down there. And I do think it is a symptom of not having a slightly bigger world. They don't know a lot of people of color. And it's not because necessarily that, and I don't mean my family, I'm just talking in general about everybody. It's not necessarily that they're bad people or that they go out of their way to practice racism. They just don't know any. And um, they don't know anyone who's had COVID-19 and they haven't seen anybody go to the hospital for it. I think Hughes County might've had like three cases or something. So I, I, I've found when it comes to COVID-19, my clients are, are surprisingly responsible. Um, and I think that's because they know I'm from the city and they see me as a possible infection vector. <laughs> That's, and they're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're right. I, I, I appreciate that. You know, when I'm not around, you know, the insular community you know, says, well, this can't happen to us. But, but anytime that I'm around, they're, they're taking it seriously. So I've appreciated yeah. that. It, it's odd. I mean, if you live, and, and a lot of my family, they live on land and on dirt roads and you know, their nearest neighbor might be two miles away, that kind of a, uh, a lifestyle, which sounded pretty good to me, frankly, during a lot of this business. Sure. But 
I think when you look at it through that lens, it's easier for me to sort of understand what some of their attitudes may be about some things that we might take more seriously because they don't, they're not packed in with a bunch of different kinds of folks up here like we are. You know, we, the more you expand yourself, the more you travel, the more cities you live in, you, you have to set some of that stuff aside that you can carry pretty easily living in the country. There's just no room for it here, you know. It, when did you leave home? And, and, uh, and you know, I, I think about I, what a wide variety of, of musical tastes you enjoy and you share with people. Did, did, when you were home, did you have uh, that broad an exposure to music? Or is Very much. Developed later in life. Yeah, uh, my parents were musicians. Um, music, I learned to read music about the same time I learned to read English. It was just nice. a, a, another language spoken in my home. And my mother is maybe the finest pianist I've ever known. My dad plays the tuba and the um, stand-up bass, and uh, I grew up singing in the choir at church with my sister and playing the offertory and stuff like that, and they would always take us to Tulsa maybe once or twice a year to see the symphony or the ballet, and we have uh, my, my great aunt is Patty Page, who was a famous singer in the 50s. Oh, wow. So, we, we were always sort of immersed in music, and it was just part of my um, part of my childhood. And so, and and I really give a lot of credit to my parents for their record collections, and then intentionally exposing my sister and I to I don't I don't want to call it culture, like I'm bad mouthing the lack thereof in Seminole County or anything. But, you know, going to Tulsa to the to the symphony was something they didn't have to do, but I think they did that to sort of cultivate our, our musical education. I'm grateful to that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, we had a really broad range of musical styles in our house all, all the time. So do you still play? I do. Uh, not very much. I used to be a musician and I, I hate performing. So I finally gave that up. So I don't gig anymore. Mm. Yeah, I still pick occasionally. Right. Well, let's talk a little Randy. Do it. Uh, what song have you have you brought for us to discuss today? Louisiana, nineteen twenty-seven. Okay, folks, dig in. This is going to be a three-hour episode because uh-huh. that that's the song I would pick if I was a guest on this show. Really? I am obsessed with with that song. I, I think a lot of it is because of my background as a water engineer. Mm-hmm. I know the history of that flood. And also it's the first Randy song I learned to play. So it's kind of, I, I, I made myself learn that uh, last spring when, when our floods were so severe and my, my dad's house was in danger. Uh, got into a, a, a Louisiana 1927 phase. Um, for, for our audience, take, take a minute to, to listen to this song. We've got a link on 
the Wheel of Randy Twitter feed. Take a minute to listen to Louisiana 1927 uh, off the album Good Old Boys. And once you've done that, come back and join us with this discussion. Captain Races, sing this song. Do da, do da. And welcome back. All right, Jack, tell, tell me. Tell me why you like this song so much. Well, I first heard it uh, right around the first time I, I, I ever went to New Orleans. And I was enamored with that city. And I think that made it hit a certain chord in me. I was kind of a very romantic 20-something-year-old kid. And New Orleans really kind of hit me where I lived at the time. And that song, even though it's not about New Orleans, I remember when I heard it, it's obviously just incredibly heartbreakingly beautiful, I think. And, but there's a certain way, and it, it's kind of this way on that album, on Good Old Boys. He, he seems to have a real affection for these people that he's talking about. And, he, you know, there's, you know, like rednecks or him talking about, you know, less dramatics. And he, he says some horrible things and he's making fun of an entire region. But there's an affection there, I think. And when yeah. he said about, they're tr- he said they're trying to wash us away. Like it really puts you in. And, and who is they? Who, they're trying to wash us away. They seem very attacked by this flood. And it's there's something so sad about that sentiment to me that this isn't a God. This is, um, the whole, the, it's the rest of the country is trying to wash us away. And this whole, whole group of people is expendable. Exactly. What a shame what the river's done to this poor crackers land. And that's all that's said about it. And that's all he says. Yeah. It's and another thing I love about that song is every other song I can think of that has the word Louisiana in it, they take out the E sound to make it fit in the cadence of that song. They call it Louisiana, Louisiana Saturday Night, or yeah. Randy Newman hits that E sound hard in that. He does, doesn't he? Louisiana, I just think it's beautiful. It just kills me. But it's the heart that Randy Newman sounds like he has for those people, even though that whole record is kind of sticking his thumb in their eye. I, I do think there's a real sweet to it. It's just so sad. And so I just finished uh, recording an episode of this where we discuss Kingfish uh, yeah. with, with a, a, a Louisiana native and, um, just just this whole love-hate relationship uh, with Huey Long that, that Louisiana has and this this love-hate relationship with Huey Long that even in the song Kingfish. Yeah, he, you can tell you can tell he's not just painting some lazy caricature. Right. Yeah, you know, and he, he he spent you know quite a bit of his childhood in New Orleans and mm-hmm. You know, you can tell that there there's that level of respect there. You're right. I read this morning, I think, that Huey Long wrote, it, it might not have been Kingfish, but he wrote a song on that album. 
Yeah, he wrote Every Man a King, which is the song okay, that, for Kingfish. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, he's a wild character. Yeah. I can think of a couple times where where uh, this was played live that got a real reaction. Um, I seem to remember Randy played this uh, for a, a, a Katrina relief concert. Mm-hmm. I know Aaron Neville did that. At that yeah. Country. And what talk about opening old wounds. That same sentiment is there, isn't it? And it, that's another reason I really love that song is because I think if you live in New Orleans and your people are from there, like Randy Newman's, that is a recurring theme. They must feel that way a lot, that, that somebody is trying to get rid of us because it keeps happening. And, I mean, that's – those are two notable floods that we've spoken about, 27 and Katrina. But in between those, there were a dozen more. I mean, oh, yeah. it happened. I mean, that must just be in your bones if you're a native of that city to feel that way sometimes. Like, you know, God or man or both, they don't want us here because they keep trying to flood us out. <laughs> you know? That really must be like I think Oklahomans have part of that in our DNA because of our storms. Our tornadoes, I, people cannot comprehend. I have a brother-in-law who was raised in other parts of the world and the country, and he cannot understand how we get up every day in the springtime and go about our business when death from above could just strike at any time. Like I, I remember for a while we had the attitude of, well, at least we don't have earthquakes. I'd yeah. rather live where I've got 30 minutes warning. Right. The no, we've got yeah, I had one last week, 4.2. Yeah, but I, that's, uh, that's another great thing about that song. I really do, that that is such a, it must be a New Orleans thing that they feel all the time, that they're trying to wash us away. There's this real stubbornness to staying there, I would think, after a while, you know? Uh, I, I once worked for uh, a chemist who's from New Orleans, and uh, we were talking about this, not this song in particular, but just water and sewer issues, and she said, Dan, I lived downstream from 35 states worth of toilets. Yeah, you bet, yeah, and it smells like that sometimes. <laughs> it kind of does, bless their heart. What do you think of President Coolidge? I don't know anything about him. I know they well, called just, him. Uh, just as portrayed in this song. I mean. Well, it seems just a real uh, broad stroke of a politician who doesn't give a damn. And they've got their fill of that, too. Um, the, from the handling of Katrina uh, all the way back to that. It just seems... Um, you know, they have their own history of colorful and corrupt politicians in that state. But federally, man, they just, they get shafted so much. And for the one line that you give the president, and he calls them crackers. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's what we're supposed to think about Coolidge, you know. And I read that that was a fictional account. Like, he didn't even visit during that flood. I read that that was artistic license i don't even think he went but i i don't know um you know just not not to 
bore you or my audience with a, a 30 minute history of the Corps of Engineers, but this flood really changed everything when it came to um, flood management because uh, the damage caused by this flood uh, was equal to, I want to say, six months of the federal budget. Oh, wow. Uh, every railroad bridge south of St. Louis was destroyed. Good Lord. So the, any crop in Texas basically rotted in the field that year. This was the first flood where Washington said, maybe flood control isn't a local issue. Maybe yeah. we need to put some federal money into this. And, you know, from there we got TVA and, and Hoover and uh, mm -hmm. things went insane. Uh, I've got a long list of dams that I wouldn't mind blowing up. Uh -huh. But, uh, but it, th this was the first time where, where people back east saw newspaper photos, saw yeah. the extent of damage of this. Um, and it really, really changed people, people's attitudes on that. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not, but uh, Saturday Night Live did a Mardi Gras episode. This would have been season two or season three, I think. They said, we're going to do a live episode from New Orleans. Oh, man. And it was a disaster. Sure it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. You know, the, the crowds were, were way too raucous. They were doing it in the middle of Mardi Gras where everything was really crowded anyway. Uh, their feeds didn't work. But the one thing that did work was they had Randy play this song uh, in their, their home base auditorium. So it was, it was a, there, there, there are some really interesting articles online about the, it, the lost episode because you know, Lauren Michaels will not talk about live from Mardi Gras. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that was a terrible idea. You should be <laughs> that one coming, but yeah, never, n never do any live shot in New Orleans if you can help it ever. I think that'd be the first rule of TV programming, but. The, the FCC would go after you in a million different ways. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Any, any other parts, any other lines that, that really speak to you on this? Oh, I mean, the whole thing, like I said, it just, I think I'm sentimental about it because of the time in my life when I discovered it. And, um, you know, I hadn't really thought too much about the, uh, the parallels between, you know, Katrina and that flood. But I just imagine that like when Aaron Neville sings it at a benefit concert or whatever, I bet Louisiana natives sort of quiet down. I bet they treat that song with reverence, you know, like yeah. a bit of a national anthem almost, you know, like you take your hat off and quit talking while somebody's singing that. I don't know. It, it strikes me as like that that would be very powerful if you were a person that was born and raised there, you know, six feet of water in the streets of Evangeline. I mean, and they know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Just think, I bet that hits a chord with them more than it does me, you know? 
But I, I like to think about that when I hear it. Even with us, it hits, it hits in the fields. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's my favorite Randy Newman song. I mean, I just I've always I loved it from the first time I heard it. And there's just something about that when the symphony starts up at the, at the back end and it's a full orchestra. It's just it's perfect. It's a perfect song. Yeah, it is. All right. Jack, it's the dangerous time of the show. How's that? Well, we've talked about your, fav- your, your favorite one, and now it's time to see what the wheel is going to do. We've got a randomized list. Oh, Lord, okay. And we're going to listen to one cold and uh see what the see what the wheel brings us so all right spin the wheel spin the wheel spin the wheel of randy stop landed on have you seen my baby you know this song i don't think so all right this is this is uh, the first track off of his album, 12 Songs. Um, again, I'll encourage my, my audience to listen to that, but you and I can listen to it together, and I'll edit this part out. Bet my money on a bobtown drag all the doodah day. All right, we're back. All right, first impressions. It's not bad. I hadn't heard that one before. I'm looking at the lyrics right now. The music was sort of muddled coming through. It almost sounds like uh, it's hard hard to tell what the instruments were, but, like, was there a mouth harp in there? Uh, I think that it's just sax, bass, and piano. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, not bad. It sounds like a Randy Newman song. It does. And it's definitely an early one. This is uh, 12 songs is really... You know, he, he, he's still, he's still pitching, pitching his work as a songwriter more than anything else. Um, How he says things and he does this all the time. Uh, I say, please don't talk to strangers, baby, but she always do. Mm-hmm. Like, he always does stuff like that. I like when Randy <laughs> talks. Because when you hear him speak, that is not how he talks. Like, he sings like a jazz cat kind of like i dig it yeah 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 you you, you've got a a a broader musical background than me uh this is one of those rare songs where it's a man talking about his unfaithful woman there are 10 million songs the other way around but i can't think of a lot where it's a man talking about about his, his his woman you know running off with the milkman in this case Old blues songs, man. That's what you need to listen to if you want those. There's a those. That was like a really common motif with old blues, man. Is it? I got blues because my woman's been running around on me. Oh, yeah, hear that yeah. much? There's not that many anymore. But yeah. Why do you that, suppose that's changed? You know, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, I don't know. There are a ton of, like, female empowerment songs about, like, you know, messing up your boyfriend's truck because he cheated on me. But, yeah, you're right. right. Other ones the other way around. I don't know. 
maybe women don't cheat as much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe so. Uh, does it? You, he does it once on Good Old Boys, uh, wedding at Cherokee County. He talks okay. about how he, he knows his, his, his he knows his, his woman isn't gonna stick around. But uh, yeah, I, I need to expand my blues education. I think. Yeah, just throw a dart at any name you know, and they'll have a few of those. I bet. I love that line. I'll talk to strangers if I want to, because I'm a stranger too. Yeah, He's, that's the one he rhymes with. Uh, but she always do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so that, that's a good one. You know, it's definitely an early one. Uh, but uh, the wheel has been kind to you. <laughs> I'll I'll play it for you Sunday night. All right. Looking forward to it. Okay. Our next segment is called This Week's Cover. This Week's Cover. Uh, this is where I profile a, a Randy song that's sung by someone else. And I'm going to take a little bit of a risk here this week, people. Since since the wheel gave us Have You Seen My Baby, I've got to recommend Have You Seen My Baby by, I think his name is Martin Wyant. Uh, I'll put a link in in the page for this show. Huh? But J- Jack, this is a song that is Have You Seen My Baby, except it's almost an ASMR. Okay. He, he's just got all this, this ambient music in the background and he's just barely whispering this song it's the nuttiest <laughs> thing so uh i'll double check the name of that artist and i'll have that link there on the show jack it's been a pleasure how can people get hold yeah. of you and uh and what do you have coming up back to work buddy that's all i do uh yeah tune in sunday nights if you want to listen to my show and uh come down to river sports and hang out with me while i'm painting a mural that's all, right. all i got in Oklahoma City, that's 91.7, or you can stream it at the Spy FM. Is that the best mm-hmm. way to do it? Or- Spy.osu.org. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's it, it's a great show, y'all. Well, Jack surprises every week. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks for coming, Jack. Bet. It was cool. Appreciate it. That's it for another week here at Wheel of Randy. We are part of the Good Trash Media Network. Thanks to Matt Fraley for our theme song. You can find Matt's music at moternmedia.com. That's M-O-T-E-R-N. Thanks to Brian Mays for our artwork. Best way to reach Brian is on Facebook at Brian Mays Art. The background music you're listening to right now is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids, and I'm using it because it's public domain. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. That's me. That's what I do during the day. I am a water and sewer engineer. I'm registered in Oklahoma and Texas. I'll register in your state if you ask nicely enough. Most of what I do is small town water and sewer engineering, but I specialize in hydraulic modeling. I build computer models for water systems, and that can help you plan your water systems more efficiently, and it can also help you with your homeowner's insurance. If you're a city official, you need a water model. Wade Engineering can be reached at 405-426-7634. 
and we would be happy to talk to you. We'll see you next week. Bye. It's Wheel of Randy.